0: Hey everybody, welcome in to another edition of the Future Blue Podcast on the Block M Podcast Network, powered by Fans First Sports Network. And we've got uh, quite a bit to talk about today, so we are just going to get right into the show. Uh, Of course, we have uh, John Simmons, Mason Brew Recruiting Contributor on here as always, but we've got a very special guest as well. Uh, before we introduce him, John, how you doing, my friend? Uh, is it uh, everything going good over in New York City today?
2: Yep, everything's good over here in the capital, actually, Albany. Um, I'm up nice. here right now, so yep, uh, not too bad, doing well.
0: Excellent, good to hear. And uh, as I alluded to, we have a, a special guest on the podcast today joining us from Uh, The Wolverine, the On3 Sports Network, you can catch his work over there. Uh, Michigan Wolverines recruiting contributor over there always has uh, good stuff to write about, uh, except for his uh, Little Caesars pizza takes, uh, but we'll uh, leave that to him. Zach Libby joining the show today. Zach, how you doing, brother?
1: Good. I'm on the old uh, Anthony Broom stomping grounds, so it's, uh, it's good to be on here. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Anthony's, uh, old stomping grounds he used to be our site manager here. So yes, uh, hope, uh, hope, hope he's been a good coworker to you over at, uh, uh, on three, the Wolverine. So, uh, pleasure to have you on, buddy. First time and, uh, hopefully not the last time. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, we're, we're going to talk about the spring game and the recruits that were there, uh, this past weekend. It was a, uh, a, a highly, uh, kind of a highly anticipated matchup between the maze team and the blue team. And it turned out to be a barn burner toward the end there. Uh, 22 to 21 was the final score. But Zach, I wanted to uh, get your take first on your spring game experience because you were there covering for the Wolverine. I saw that uh, you took taking some photos of some of the recruits, got to write up some stuff afterwards. Uh, so just take us through your experience in Ann Arbor this past Saturday, how it was, what you got to do. Uh, which recruits you got to uh see and interact with if you did at all, and uh just your your takeaways from the entire day,
1: yeah, I mean despite the the what the un i guess the unlikened weather you know the high winds and the rain that happened in the morning um the fans still showed up i mean that one side of the big house was packed um for a spring game, and I guess you can it shows that excitement is brewing for this season in the fall. Um, from how I covered it, I mean, it was great just to see recruits back in the stadium. Um, especially the fact that there were six 2024, um, verbal commits, um, there, there was four top targets in the 2024 class there, including a commit that just announced, um, as of this recording that he's going to be committing this Friday. Um, but no, I mean, it was good to just see the camaraderie between the commits, um, you know most of them have committed w- relatively recently, um, including two this three this past month um, all of them were sitting together. they have their own little private section on one, on the blue behind the blue bench, um, along with the other recruits and you can just tell that they're all becoming good friends they're all excited for when they finally enroll and I think you can tell that they believe in what Michigan is um, presenting on and off the field in the culture and the I guess the expectations of winning a national championship these next couple of years. Um, I didn't get to interact much with the recruits just because, you know, compliance and it's against the rules, but you can just stay in the background and just see how they interact with the fans and the fellow players, you know, guys that they've met and visits in the past, the coaches, their close bonds, you know, between positional coaches, and area recruiters. So, I mean, in terms of how successful it's going to be uh, of how the event went, I think Michigan couldn't have asked for a better turnout despite the weather. Um, And just from a game perspective, I mean, Benjamin Hall really, really tore it down. Um, Same same with Peyton O'Leary. It was just good watching live football again at the Big House, you know, first time in five months. So can't really ask for more.
0: Yeah, it's something I don't take for granted at Michigan football games, whether it's a spring game uh the the actual regular season games it's just it, it's awesome and yeah the game itself was cool really good to see the recruits back in town like you said and the the recruit that you alluded to who has announced his commitment date of this Friday that's Andrew Sprague the four-star offensive tackle uh from the state of Missouri so that's uh uh, really exciting for Michigan because it looks like uh, they are going to get his commitment on Friday. And he was in town and it, it, yeah, just really positive experience overall. I'd say that maybe the one thing that didn't happen that may have made things a little better is uh new five-star QB Jaden Davis being uh, in town for that as well. That would have been the one thing that really took it over the top. But yeah, as far as everything else goes, it looked like a, a very successful event. But uh, let, let's talk about some of the prospects who are on campus this past weekend. And, uh, let, let's start with one of the newer, I guess, quote unquote, targets for Michigan along the offensive line. And that is uh 2024 four-star, uh, Bennett Warren, really interesting prospect. He's six seven, three hundred and fifteen 315 pounds. He's from uh, the great state of Texas. And he got his, uh, Michigan offer uh, just a few months back, came up this weekend for uh, his first trip to Ann Arbor. And it seems like it probably is not going to be his last visit based on his uh, post-visit reactions. He's got uh, a couple other uh, uh, visits lined up. Um, I believe he wants to go visit Texas as well as Michigan officially on an official basis. So that'll probably come uh, in the month of June, maybe for a game if he drags out his recruitment that long. Uh, But Oklahoma and Oregon uh, are a couple other teams to watch in this recruitment. Uh, He has uh, official visits planned out for those schools already. So uh, those two are definitely the ones to watch. So uh, Zach, I wanted to get your thoughts on Bennett Warren because he kind of came out of nowhere to join an extremely crowded offensive line board. So take me through your thoughts on him. And uh, do you think it's realistic Michigan could uh, reel this kid in as well uh, as some of the other offensive line prospects that are already predicted to land at Michigan?
1: I mean, he's certainly a take and I think Michigan would accept his commitment if he elects to choose the Wolverines. Um, I know there was some, predictions coming out of the weekend for him to pick Michigan, but the Wolverine and, you know, EJ Holland and I have reported that he's not really close to making a decision right now. Um, I think he's going to wait it out till official visits, like you mentioned to these schools. Um, But regardless him on the visit, I rarely see a recruit having as good of a time on the field, in the stands, watching the game, talking to other people. He probably had the most fun I've ever seen in quite some time he I've never I didn't see him not smile. I didn't see him not laugh. Um, I didn't see any of the commits not talking to him. I mean for a kid who's six foot seven over three hundred pounds, I mean he's hard to spot. Um, but yeah, no in terms of how a successful debut should look like, that was obviously it with Ben and Warren with the other schools like you mentioned, obviously Oregon is pushing Oklahoma is off and on Texas a and m. You know, if you if you look at that area where Bennett Warren is from in Fort Bend, which is a suburb of Houston, you know, it's a very Texas A&M friendly area. Um, you know, I would say more than half of the of the guys who get offers from Texas A&M in that area go to College Station. But the good, the unique thing about Bennett Warren is that he's not really a true Texas kid, um, sort of like a, you know, at a situation last year. Where he play, he goes to high school in Texas, but he wasn't born and raised there. Um, if you're going to recruit Texas, you got to find kids who aren't, you know, true Texas kids and are very open to leaving the states, like with Ben Warren, who grew up in, you know, New York and North Carolina as a child. So this is this is a you know, if Michigan continues to push, this would be one that's realistic. Um, like you mentioned, there are a lot of guys on the board that Michigan is high on and are leading for. So it'll be interesting to see how many guys. They actually end up signing, but you know if this goes into OVS and Bennett Warren is still leading and still thinking of Michigan and Michigan wants his commitment, then they're going to get it. Um, in terms of how he could fit on the team, I think with two verbal commitments right now, so that's two right now in the offensive line. Um, Andrew Sprague might be the next one on Friday, um, and then there's two more predictions on on three for Blake Frazier and Max Anderson, both four stars. So that right there is five. The minimum needs to be five for 2024 offensive linemen, but I think realistically you could go to six. The max is seven, um, but I think realistic is six because then you want to take a true center as well, and there are a couple guys at that position that they are eyeing. So, again, I think this is going to be a really good haul for Michigan in 2024 if they land Bennett Warren or not just because of the star power that they're getting. And the guy, you know, based on measurables and frames, like these are guys who can play early and make a big impact at Michigan. So, overall, 2024 offensive line recruit is going to be the best that we have seen in quite some time.
2: Yeah, I kind of wanted to continue along the offensive line uh, guys there since we're already talking about it. Um, Caleb Brewer was on campus as well. Um, he's listed as a tackle, but he's only six four, and I think the staff is kind of – Uh, Viewing him more as an interior guy. Do you think um, he could slide into that center spot you're talking about that Michigan needs to fill? Or um, are there other guys you think that are higher on their list of that spot right now?
1: Um, Brewer is also a kid that visited, like you said, on Saturday. Um, I still think Notre Dame and Penn State are probably leading for him. But in terms of true center targets, like guys who are currently taking reps at center in the offseason camp circuit and are being told that they would play center at the next level. Um, You take a look at a guy like industry four-star Walclair Flynn out of Georgia, who has a close relationship with Jane Davis and his family because Jane um, is from Georgia. So, you know, Jane has already made on social media his pitch to Walclair, and I'm sure they're talking behind the scenes. Um, He actually – he also visited in January. There's another kid out of Jacksonville, like suburban Jacksonville, uh, three-star Jake Guinera, who I have seen live – and at the at an Under Armour camp in Orlando. And I really like where he can project as a six foot four, like two hundred and ninety plus pound center. Um I think if I think it's just smart at this point to take a true center, Um, you know, considering that both these guys, Granera and Flynn have great relationships with the commits and other targets uh like sprague and frazier and anderson so it just makes sense for either of them to commit uh, especially Flynn considering that his relationship with jayden goes back to them playing little league day so in terms of true center targets i would say those two along with brewer obviously getting him for another visit his second time was big but you know there's there's a lot of competition for him from notre dame and penn state
0: yeah I, it's It it could be a, an embarrassment of riches along the offensive line in this class. It could just be downright filthy to look at Michigan's class at the end of the day and look at Andrew Sprague and Luke Hamilton and Ben Roebuck and all the guys that we've talked about today. I mean, They really could push to that seven mark. I wouldn't be shocked if they end up taking seven offensive linemen because uh, like you guys said, they kind of need a center. I know that the I guess the center take last cycle was a mere herring, but I'm not sure if he ends up at center at the college level. So we'll see. We'll see. It, it could be a just a loaded offensive line class. It, it's kind of crazy. I, I mean, back to back Joe Moore award winning offensive line uh, at Michigan, it it shouldn't be a surprise, but it's just kind of crazy to see all these guys lining up to not only visit Michigan, but heavily consider Michigan as well. I wanted to flip the conversation though, to another prospect who was on campus this weekend, uh again for uh what seems to be like the uh, the 62nd weekend that he's visited total and that's I, Marion Stewart it seems like he's on campus every weekend he's a four-star wide receiver and uh definitely another recruit that is high on Michigan's target list in this 24 class and, uh, Zach, it, it just, like I said, it just, I, I've lost count on how many times he's been to Ann Arbor. It seems like he's, he's got uh, a residence in Michigan at this point, but, uh, he visited, uh, the week before the spring game. He came back for the spring game. Uh, what, what's the holdup in him just committing to Michigan at this point? Should we expect a, a commitment at some point in the near future? Or do you think he's going to take this into the summer months? I mean he's not
1: I mean we we know now that Michigan is clearly at the top.
0: Like he has told
1: us verbatim that he Michigan is at the top of this list. I mean, two visits in less than a week is huge. Um going back this spring for spring camp after going for the junior day event was huge. So I mean, this is a guy who has the versatility to play at the X, um, the Z, playing the slot. Um, I've seen him a few times. EJ Holland, my coworker, have seen him with, you know, more than more than I have and you know he's every camp in seven on seven circuit that we watch him play he's just the best player pound for pound and height for height um, in terms of just that dog mentality like this is this is the ideal take for Ron Bellamy's group as they continue their relationship where it's become personal you know they talk every week um you know Bellamy has opened his line for Stewart, you know to call him anytime he wants it's just I think the there's a lot to persuade Stewart now to Michigan now that if he commits, he'll have his quarterback with Jaden Davis. I think that was probably a big thing going into it. You know, who Michigan's gonna have a quarterback. Um, but now that's figured out, I think Michigan is still at the lead. Um, in terms of other visits, I think he still will take official visits. I mean Wisconsin's pushing for him hard right now. Um, I think Wisconsin has a lot to entice a wide receiver from Chicago, considering the new coaching staff. Um, their offensive coordinator right now just came from UNC, and we know how much they love the passing attack. Um, he visited Tennessee for that Alabama game last fall, and I think that game alone just set Tennessee over the edge for any any top recruit who saw that game. Um, I think they'll get an OV. Um Oregon and Miami have offered him too, and I know he's talked about Oregon in the past. So, I mean, you can't really fault him for wanting to take official visits. You're only going to do this once, and I think if you get a commitment in June as opposed to Mar- April, it's not really a big deal, but um, I still have I have a prediction in for Marion Stewart to commit to Michigan. I've had one for a while, and I have no plans of changing that anytime soon.
2: Um, I wanted to talk more kind of generally about the weekend too. Um, You kind of touched on this earlier, talking about how the visitors were set up and everything. Um, It just seemed like in a lot of the recruiting um, reaction pieces that you did and uh, others just that the visitors talked a lot about how they were connecting really well with the Michigan's current commits that are on campus. You know, guys like Jordan Marshall, Ben Roebuck, uh, Ted Hammond, were all on campus, and they seemed to really – put a lot of effort into connecting with their uh, uncommitted peers there. Do you think that's something that Michigan is pushing and kind of strategizing more um, to build that relationship? Or do you think it's the the recruits themselves putting that on them to kind of uh, build the best class that they can?
1: I think Michigan coaches will – okay, let's let's give an example. I think a coach – like a Michigan coach will tell a commit, you know, hey, we're eyeing this kid, why don't you – hit him up over social media or we're having this kid come in. Why don't you say a few words to him? But it's not like the commits are being handheld by the coaches in order to create connections. I mean, in terms of the 10 guys on the 2024 recruiting class right now, like they've made it their goal really to make this a number one recruiting class in the country. I mean, for on three, they're number five right now. So they're up there. Um, When I talked to Jordan Marshall in particular um, on Sunday, He, you know, when I asked him, like, who are you going after? Like, what are the types of guys that you guys want? And he said he wants him and the others want guys who are going to commit, not just to commit, but are going to be bought in. You know, they consider themselves really good characters of, you know, men, Um, guys who will strive on and off the field, in the classroom, in the weight room, just to be that example of Michigan. And I think they want, you know, 10, 15, 20 more guys who also have that common goal personality and I just objective. So in terms of how they are going about behind the scenes recruiting, I think they all have the outgoing and motivation to do what's best for the team and what's best for the class. And I think Michigan, in terms of who they got right now, I think they couldn't have asked for a better crop to represent um, the future of what this program will be.
0: Yeah, no doubt. There's there's no question about that. Zach, I wanted to ask you about another recruit in particular. And uh, he's a four-star linebacker in this uh, 2024 recruiting cycle. It's Jeremiah Beasley is who I'm talking about, in-state prospect from Belleville, Michigan. And uh, Michigan's been on him for quite a long time, was originally being recruited by George Hilo. Now he's being recruited by Chris Partridge. It it seems like things are going a little bit better. Sounds like he's got a a really good relationship with him. And I saw the day after the spring game that, uh, Zach, you put in a uh, prediction for Beasley to wind up at Michigan. So what led you to make that prediction? And who do you view as some of the other contenders for him heading into his uh, summer commitment? Because he doesn't plan on committing until the month of June, right at the end there. Um, so I would imagine Michigan State's probably still in the running uh for him considering his brother is a Spartan on the football team right now. But uh wanted to get your thoughts on him, uh the prediction you put in and, and some of the other schools kind of vying for him.
1: Yeah, I mean I put it I mean I didn't put it immediately after the game. I wanted to think about it for a minute, um, spend the spend the night just thinking about, you know, what we know about Beasley since uh Chris Partridge went on staff and What he's told on three about his relationship with the old Miss Code DC, it's just it just made sense. The fact that Beasley returned to Michigan the second time in less than two weeks. I mean, he was there on March 21st with on 300 DB commit Jacob Bowden, who they're really close with. They're they're close. They're tight knit. Um, They checked out practice that day. So you know, for him to go back as as soon as he did. Knowing that you know Michigan State was hosting recruits that same day, I think it just says a lot with the work that Chris Partridge has been doing with Beasley in the past two months that he's been on staff. I mean, Hilo was a good recruiter. Like George George Hilo was a good recruiter. I think. I think he was. He had moxie. I think he had um, a lot. A lot of um, he had a lot of shine in how he presented himself in the program, but comparing helo to partridge i think Partridge's is a little more down to earth i think um partridge is able to connect with recruits a little bit better on a personal level i mean part you know beasley was saying like on his birthday like partridge was one of the first guys to text him happy birthday i think little things like that especially for kids who aren't really much into the recruiting process and just care about football and relationships like beasley is one of those kids and i think partridge is able to get those guys and really under you know gravitate towards them so uh, i think that's what set me over the fact that partridge is on staff and then pairing it up with the fact that as a scheme fit his his positional fit at the will it just makes sense i mean he plays he's comfortable in playing in space um has great speed for his size at six foot one 210 pounds um he play sideline to sideline really well, Um, really great in coverage, especially in the curls and flats. Like I think I've been really high on him for a while. Um, And I think just knowing that Michigan is gearing, you know, more of an effort to push for him, um, just, I think that will, I think that what that's what gave me that prediction, as well as the fact that, you know, Steve Klingsdale has been, Recruiting Belleville High for years and, you know, Beasley considers Glink to be an uncle figure in his life. So all that together, I think it just makes sense for that Michigan has a commanding lead for him right now and on three. In terms of commitment, yes, like he's not going to commit until the summer once he takes his OVs. Um, there's Michigan, obviously. You've already mentioned Michigan State. Missouri's going to get one a, a, an OV on June 23rd. Uh, Tennessee is also pushing hard, Penn State, Pitt, Kentucky. Um, but in terms of just how Mich- Michigan has set itself up to land the Belleville star, I think it just makes sense considering what we saw from the spring game coming back so soon and his relationship with Partridge, his relationship with Clingsdale, his relationship with Jacob Oden. It's just all co- work coming together for Michigan Excuse me to land, you know, arguably the top linebacker in the state in this class.
2: Yeah, ever since Michigan got Chris Partridge back, it really seems like linebacker recruiting has uh, gotten a boost, um, both the 24 class and the 2025 class. Um, they had Anthony Saka up on for a visit as well. Um, so he's a 2025 guy. He's ranked as a three-star, two-on-three right now, but just right out of the top 200. Um, but he has a bunch of really good offers like Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Penn State have all offered him, as well as Michigan. Um, So I'm wondering if you just kind of handicap his recruitment and where you think Michigan stacks up uh, for Saka right now.
1: Uh, Yeah, so since he's from that western side of PA, I mean, those kids are getting a boost from both Partridge, who play linebacker like Saka, and then Kirk Campbell's also the head recruiter in that area, too, because he's from Pittsburgh. So there's a lot that Michigan can do in Western PA. I mean, they've already landed a linebacker in that area with Zach Ludwig. So I think with Partridge's knowledge, I wrote, actually wrote about this on, let's, let's say Tuesday. So I wrote about this on Tuesday, like Partridge having already had a stint in Michigan, like he's not, he doesn't have to learn on the, learn on the fly about what it takes to play in Michigan. Like he's already spent five years here. So it's, it's just, he's his knowledge of the culture and the operations and what it takes to start on defense at Michigan. Like he already knows what, what he's looking for, what it takes, the guys that he wants to fit the the four, two scheme, the front seven. So it just makes, I think in terms of just his hiring, I think it just makes sense for moving forward in terms of sack. I mean, I think I like his, I like his play. I like kids from Western PA. I think they're blue collar lunch pail, you know, big 10 worthy. Um, I think that goes hand in hand with how Ohio recruiting is going to right? Like those are the same type of kids that understand Michigan and the Ohio state rivalry for Pennsylvania kids. They understand the Michigan Penn state rivalry. So, you know, it's, you know, it's always hard to recruit Pennsylvania considering that Penn state's always had a stronghold in that area. But I think with Partridge on board, I think you can't, um, erase any doubt that, you know, whoever Michigan wants or who Partridge wants, like they're going to stay in the mix until the
0: very end. There's no question. I, Chris Partridge, when he, when he left originally, I, I, I kind of knew it was going to be a, a a hit to the recruiting efforts there. Obviously they still had good recruiters on staff, but Chris Partridge helped bring in a ton of talent to Ann Arbor when he uh, originally came to Michigan back when Jim Harbaugh did. And now that he's back, I think you're kind of just seeing the, the, uh, uh, Chris Partridge recruiting effort renaissance in Ann Arbor. And it's really good to see that he's in on so many highly talented kids, uh, so soon in this 24 class. And he's just going to keep building those relationships in the 25 class as well. So he's, he's, uh, definitely a welcome addition back, uh, to the coaching staff, not only just on field, but also, uh, in the recruiting. Uh, trail as well. So Zach, we'll uh, get you out of here. I wanted to ask you one more quick one here, and this uh, pertains to 2025, that recruiting cycle, and uh, another top target that was on campus this past weekend, uh, among the top guys uh, on the target board at the quarterback position in 25, and it's an absolutely loaded one. We're talking about George McIntyre. He is I mean, depending on where you look at, it could be a four-star, it could be a five-star. I think he's a five-star, bona fide for sure, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Um, I mean, you got him, you got Bryce Underwood, you got Cutter Bowley, uh, all top targets for Michigan in this class, and then you've got Ryan Montgomery and Stone Saunders, a few Uh, other really capable players at the position as well. And all of those guys have visited uh, Michigan in the past. And McIntyre was just the one that was on campus this past weekend. So, I mean, Zach, kind of like what we were talking about with Partridge. um, I mean, this is a far cry from what Michigan fans used to get with Matt Weiss leading the charge, recruiting quarterbacks. Now Kirk Campbell has uh, revitalized the quarterback recruiting at Michigan. And so I wanted to uh, get your takeaways so far uh, when it comes to recruiting quarterbacks in this 25 cycle, because it's uh, it's pretty packed and uh, where uh, McIntyre may fall uh, on Michigan's board and uh, vice versa as well. I guess just the interest that he has in Michigan too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Kirk Campbell has just been the most outstanding recruiter so far in these past three months that he's been on staff. I mean, he took over an unfortunate situation. You know, you take over the guy that was honestly disgraced, right? Like, and he was taken over for a guy who obviously had a talent for the X's and O's and the analytics and the, I guess, the on-field improvement. But in terms of having an outgoing personality, like a character that can relate to kids, uh, you know this this younger generation. Um, I think that's what was lacking from Weiss, but from Campbell's perspective, I mean, he was right off the bat. You know, connecting with families, connecting with the kids over the phone, um, bringing them up to visits as soon as they did for the March period, um, getting showing a person showing his outgoing nature that reeks similar to what they've seen over the phone and heard over the phone. You know, I think. We should have listened more to J.J. McCarthy when he championed for Campbell to get the job because, you know, I think people are – even media people, I think we're just trying – we're finally seeing what Campbell can bring to the quarterback room and on the trail. But with 2025 quarterback recruiting, I mean, it's such a different perspective compared to 2023 and 2024. I mean, all the eggs aren't in one basket anymore. Like we're not specifically going after George McIntyre or Michigan isn't specifically going after Bryce Underwood. Like in terms of how the board is stacked up, there are five quarterbacks all ranked in the on 300 top 300 for on three that all visited in the past 30 days, including Underwood who visited twice. So, you know, Michigan has set himself up to where you can either pick who you want or one is just going to fall in your lap as opposed to, you know, quote unquote, being held hostage by a kid based on where he chooses his next step. So I think Michigan is just in a great spot right now in 2025. Obviously with George McIntyre, you know, kid from Tennessee, Michigan recruits that area very well. Um, You know, Underwood, obviously we know lives in Belleville, less than 30 minutes away, number one quarterback in the country. And then you have others, you know, Ryan Montgomery has known the Michigan coaching staff for years cutter bully i think his best relationship has always been jim harbaugh and i think jim harbaugh really wants cutter bully for good reason um his velocity if you ever watch his highlights cutter bully has probably the most ferocious velocity in the country like he is he is a bona fide pocket passer and probably the best in the country as a true pocket passer stone saunders you know he's a pennsylvania native he's gotten to know kirk campbell very well and um you know he's a state champion he threw over 300,000 yards max preps all Americans so the pick of the litter is there for Michigan it's just a matter of who they actually start you know trickling it down to or who actually decides that they want to commit early I think it's just what a great problem to have you know if you have five quarterbacks right now and you can't really choose which one right now then you just gotta wait for a little bit to see who's who ends up on top so not really stressful compared to what, you know, they've experienced with Dante Moore and Jane Davis recently. But I think any quarterback that they get either McIntyre Saunders or someone else, like I think Michigan fans should be pleased and find that the guy underneath Jane Davis is also going to be a multi-year starter.
2: Cool. I think that's all the questions I have for you, Zach. Um, I'm just excited about recruiting right now. I think there's a lot of good stuff going on with Michigan. No, I mean, I think
1: this. I mean, I've only been doing this. I've I've been covering recruiting since February of last year, and I can't think of a more exciting time of the past 30 days um, than the the entire 14 months. Like, I think Michigan fans should just be excited for what's ahead this until December. Like this, this this has the opportunity to be the number one recruiting class in the country. I fully believe it, and we'll see what Andrew Sprague does on Friday. You know, that could be another domino effect. But you know, I think from this is the result of what winning happens to recruiting. Like you win, you get recruits. So we'll we'll see what happens. But this is very very exciting. I agree,
0: dude. Must be nice to not have to go through the uh, <laughs> the or the early portion of the Harbaugh era of uh, recruiting. But yeah, you you came in on the on the beat at the perfect time, Zach. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's a really exciting time on the recruiting trail for Michigan. It's really good to see. That they've got an elite quarterback already in the fold in this class. They're already going after a, a plethora of other elite guys in at the quarterback position in the next class, 2025. So they're going to have their uh, pick of the litter. Uh, it's, it's is what it looks like early on, at least. And I mean, they're building up this 24 class very well. Sprague is going to be committing Friday. Like you mentioned, Zach, that's going to be if he commits to Michigan, it's going to be huge for. Uh, the offensive line class moving forward. Perhaps, like you mentioned as well, Zach, a a domino effect. Uh, I mean, maybe we get uh, an early commitment from Blake Frazier. Maybe we get another commitment from Max Anderson. Maybe we see some other guys set their commitment dates or set other visits to Michigan. So it's a really exciting time to follow recruiting. And uh, by no means is, uh, uh, you know, you, you can't take this stuff for granted either because this is... You know, it's the reason why I started doing this in the first place is because you get to watch these kids grow up and evolve as football players and as people, and uh, to see them choose Michigan, it's even that much more exciting. So it's it's really cool to see the the growth and evolution from recruit to college player to pro. It's uh, it's really fun. So Zach, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's it's uh, greatly appreciated, and if if the uh, listeners haven't followed you already where can they find your work and find you on twitter
1: uh libby on three at libby on three you can follow me for little caesar's hot takes that no one agrees with so yeah <laughs> you could you could enjoy that
0: well look man i i like some lc every once in a while but uh you know it's uh it, it's it's a it's a good go-to if you uh need something quick but it's it's not the worst pizza I've ever had, that's for sure. Uh John, you can follow John Simmons on Twitter at Simmons underscore John. Follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore lozon. And uh we've got uh plenty of content coming for you on maizeandbrew.com. as far as recruiting goes. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be an exciting uh, recruiting cycle here in 24. So it's uh it's good that we get to continue to talk about it and write about it. It's going to be a good one. So for Zach Libby and John Simmons, my name is Vaughn Lozon. We'll uh, be back next week with another edition of Future Blue.